Welcome in to another episode of FarzCast. Farzeen Vasukian here with you on a Wednesday night. Hope you're all doing well, having a great week. We are getting closer and closer to kickoff. Less than a month away, the first preseason game takes place this Sunday. So very excited to talk about all of that with you and much more. A lot of things to get into here on this episode of The Chief Zone. A lot of things to get into here. Uh, the preseason game on Sunday against the Saints. I'll give you my three keys. They're not keys uh, to win the game, obviously. You're not looking to win the game, per se, in the preseason. Yeah, sure, a win's nice and all, but three things that I'm going to be keeping my eye on, three keys for the Chiefs, and every Chiefs fan uh, should keep an eye on for Sunday's game. We'll talk about that. The first depth chart, unofficial depth chart for the Kansas City Chiefs came out earlier this week i'll give you guys my initial reactions to that there's a little bit of a chris jones update we'll touch on that as well there's also a chiefs aholic update the gift that keeps on giving yes chiefs aholic this is actually going to be a very surprising update maybe not too surprising but uh you're if you haven't heard the news yet your jaw will drop when you hear this one uh it's very interesting plus we got to get into the whole eric Bieniemy drama uh, with what's been going on in uh, in Washington and the story that has come out there. Not very good, but the reaction... A, a lot of people have been coming to Eric Bieniemy's defense. A uh, few uh, speaking out against him, but a lot of people defending Eric Bieniemy with uh, the story in Washington. And I think that deserves uh, a topic of conversation here on this podcast. Hope you're all doing well. If you guys haven't done so already, go over to SeatGeek.com. Get yourself some tickets. You all know football season is coming up pretty quickly. So go to SeatGeek. Whatever it is you want to you do. You want to catch a Chiefs game. You want to catch a football game somewhere else. Doesn't have to be in Kansas City. You want to go to a concert. You want to go to a comedy show. Whatever, you, whatever you've got going on in your neck of the woods, you can go to SeatGeek.com, purchase your tickets, and at checkout, use the promo code Farzine for $20 off. This is only good for first-time customers or only. So go to SeatGeek.com, get your tickets, and at checkout, use the promo code Farzine. Get yourself $20 off. Uh, how can you go against $20 off? Come on. Uh, so go out there and uh, get yourself some tickets and use that promo code. Save yourself 20 bucks. All right, a lot of things to get into here tonight. Sorry for doing the live broadcast a little late. If you guys are watching the video version, you'll notice the first few seconds, uh, some some awkward silence. We were trying to get some things uh, figured out. All good now. So, like I said, a little time to waste. So let's get right into it. It shouldn't be a very long podcast. A lot of things I do want to get into here. So let's get right into it. The Kansas City Chiefs will play their first preseason game on Sunday against the Saints. I believe it's going to be a noon kickoff game, Central Time. So should be very interesting to see. Uh, the Chiefs will be going up against uh, an old foe, Derek Carr. Yes, believe it or not, Derek Carr. If you told me the Chiefs uh, would be facing Derek Carr in a preseason game a year ago today, I, I would have had no idea what to tell you. Uh, can't say I am uh, too shocked, though, given the uh, state of events. But nonetheless, uh, we don't really care too much about their side of things. But I think a lot of people uh, have some things that they want to keep an eye on. I've got some things that I definitely want to zoom in on for this game here. Uh, first and foremost, we got to see the offensive tackles here. The Chiefs did a lot in trying to bring in Orlando Brown a few years ago, giving up some draft capital to bring him to Kansas City. Just didn't work out at the end of the day. Uh, they also had Andrew Wiley, who they kept around on the offense for a few years. Just didn't work out with him. They were numbers one and two in the NFL among offensive tackles and pressures allowed. So what if the Chiefs were to... Make a change there. Well, that's exactly what they did. They let OBJ and Wiley walk. They brought in Donovan Smith and Jawan Taylor. At first, a lot of people thought Jawan Taylor was going to be a left tackle. Then when they signed Donovan Smith, 
who has far more experience at the left tackle spot. A lot of people thought, okay, looks like the Chiefs are paying a lot of money for a right tackle. And I have got no problems with that. You want to protect a franchise quarterback? I don't think there is a limit for that, uh, that kind of price right there. You got to do what you got to do to protect the franchise quarterback. And you already know what you're getting with your interior offensive line. This is by far the best interior offensive line in the NFL. So a lot of people just want to see what the offensive tackles are going to look like. I want to see some good pass protection. That's what I want to see. Go out there for a drive, likely, maybe two. Let's see some good pass protection from Donovan Smith and Jawan Taylor. I would love to see that in the first preseason game. Second thing I want to see... Let's go to the uh, other side of the line of scrimmage, the defensive line. There are a lot of interesting ha things happening right now with the defensive line. Uh, I'll get into the depth chart a little bit later because I do think it is notable to uh, to read some of the um, some of the things on there. And again, it's unofficial. It's the first depth chart, so nothing to really go crazy about. But I will say. Uh, I do want to see this defensive line. You got George Karloftis coming off a very good second half of his rookie campaign after a very slow start in the first half. What is he going to do? What is he going to look like uh, having that rookie season behind him? You got a rookie this year in, F in FAU, Felix Anaduke Uzama. What is he going to look like? And, and when is he going to play? Because he's in a very interesting spot on the depth chart. Uh, you got another rookie there. Uh, who, who the Chiefs drafted uh, out of TCU. His name escapes my mind right now. Bear with me. Uh, B.J. Thompson. Um, oh, no, he, he didn't go to TCU. Uh, Stephen F. Austin. Uh, so my apologies there. Uh, you also got Truman Jones. You got Derek Nottie. Danny Shelton, who the Chiefs brought in about a year ago this time from the San, uh, not San Francisco, the New York Giants. Um, I think he's a very interesting name. Keandre Coburn. Another rookie at the defensive line, uh, I'd like to see a little bit of him as well. Uh, with Chris Jones, not with the team right now, what is this defensive line going to look like? And again, like I said earlier in the podcast, we will get into Chris Jones later on as there is a little bit of an update there on the Chris Jones front. Not a big update, but an update still worth talking about. Um, so we'll, we'll touch on that shortly, but I, I want to see what this defensive line is going to look like. Derek Nottie right now is the most experienced defensive lineman, uh, at, at least the most tenured Chiefs defensive lineman. So he is going to be the leader of this uh, of this little group here, uh, which I think is going to be interesting. We haven't we, we don't really talk about Derek Nottie a whole lot. So uh, I'd like to see uh, w what he uh, could do in a leadership role trying to anchor this defensive line. And then the third and last thing I want to see, I want to see the cornerbacks. I really want to see how they're going to do. Your top two quarterbacks right now, Trent McDuffie and Legereus Need. No surprise there. Trent McDuffie, your first-round draft pick from last year, didn't really have the rookie season he wanted to have, got hurt very early on, but you had other rookie quarterbacks step up. Jalen Watson did really well. You had Joshua Williams, who played very well at that position. Uh, Nazee Johnson, unfortunately, his season came to an end earlier in training camp when he suffered an injury. So, And this was a guy who was getting some reps with the ones, according to Spags. So... Uh, what is the quarterback group going to look like here? Uh, what are they going to do uh, there? Especially when you got Nick Jones, uh, who the Chiefs got in the draft uh, this year. Uh, how, how much could he contribute? Chiefs have a lot of uh, young guys, a lot of rookies as, uh, as well. You got Connor, one of the safeties, Lamar Jackson, not that Lamar Jackson, a different Lamar Jackson, uh, Isaiah Norman, Anthony Witherstone, uh, Khalif. Halasi, I believe is how you say his name. Reese Taylor. So many, so many young guys in this position group. But boy, Doe, so many young guys, so many rookies in that secondary, especially the quarterbacks. So I'd like to see how they're going to do in their first stab at a preseason game. So I'm very curious what you guys are looking forward to the most. Let me know what you guys think uh, is the most uh, intriguing thing uh, for you. Uh, this preseason game on Sunday. What is the one thing you guys are looking forward to the most? And I'll read some of those comments towards the end of the podcast. So keep that in mind. I'll get to the depth chart in a moment, but I did want to say something. I forgot to mention this. Former Chiefs tight end Jason Dunn will be on the podcast Monday night, 8 o'clock Central Time. Yes, 
You heard that correctly. Jason Dunn, former Chiefs tight end who played with the Chiefs during the Dick Vermeil era in the uh, early to mid-2000s, obviously better known for his blocking abilities as a tight end. He's also doing some great things podcasting uh, with my uh, good friend Marcus uh, doing the uh, Chiefs podcast over at the Believe Podcast Network. So uh, Jason's going to be on the podcast on Monday. I've had him on my Farscast podcast a couple of times. And uh, he's been uh, pretty good. Uh, I don't. I, mean, I, I believe I said farce cast at the beginning. I'm still. I still have not gotten used to that. I, I still. Uh, still. <laughs> still making that mistake. I've not gotten used to bringing back the chief zone yet, which is uh, great. But uh, I need to definitely uh, eliminate that. But nonetheless, uh, Jason Dunn is going to be on the podcast Monday. I already have a post up on the Facebook page as well as Instagram. If you guys have any questions for Jason, anything you guys want us to talk about, let me know in the comments. And keep in mind, I might not get to every single question that you guys would want i'm I'm already seeing a lot of great uh, questions on there um some maybe not as interesting but hey nonetheless i do appreciate you guys letting me know what you want to hear from him and i promise to bring you guys more player interviews uh former player interviews that is uh current players uh let's uh yeah not as easy to do but certainly we'll 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 try to work at that at a later time but definitely going to make an effort to bring on a lot of former players on the podcast this year so if you guys haven't done so already please subscribe to the podcast and try to tune in for our live version when we do that so uh normally we record on wednesdays and we still will continue wednesday's podcast but uh we will do uh player interviews here and there just basically whenever their schedule uh allows them to do that kind of thing so jason dunn will be on the podcast monday very excited to talk to him jason's always got a lot of great thoughts very articulate uh he's also a coach uh, he also coaches the uh, NFL PA. I, I believe it's the NFL PA Bowl. Yeah, it's the NFL PA Bowl. Um, so I, I, I got mixed up between that and the Senior Bowl. Senior Bowl, but I believe it's the NFL PA Bowl. So uh, definitely excited to talk to Jason about all of that, his perspective as a former player and now as a coach as well. So we'll talk to Jason Monday again. That is at eight o'clock. Central Time. If you miss the live version, it'll immediately be archived late that night. So uh, no worries if you guys are not able to check out the live version of that. All right, let's move on here. And I did want to move forward and talk about the depth chart here. Uh, Let me try to put the uh, depth chart on here for those of you watching the video version of the podcast there we go so here is the depth chart quarterback patrick mahomes i'm sure that is shocking to all of you uh behind him is blaine gabbert shane buchel uh and then you got chris oladakun who is the number four qb on the depth chart you look at the running back position this one i can't say i was too surprised by this but you got isaiah pacheco despite still wearing that yellow non-contact jersey you got jarek mckinnon clyde edwards alaire number three on the list and you also got Daneric prince who has been receiving a lot of praise in training camp so far you also got Lamichael perrine and jerry on ely jerry and ely has kind of been switching back and forth with the chiefs with running back or receiver and now back at running back so He's a very interesting name uh, at the uh, running back position. Uh, maybe he gets an opportunity. We'll get back to Prince in a moment. But uh, just looking at that running back core alone, I've, I said a year ago this time, I would love to see a one-two duo with Pacheco and McKinnon. And boy, did that deliver. Obviously, it was not, you know, it wasn't like Jamal Charles and Thomas Jones. Uh, but given how this offense operates, those two guys did an outstanding job in their roles. Uh, and I'm very curious to see how the Chiefs try to utilize that in the regular season this year. Obviously, Isaiah Pacheco will not be playing in the preseason game this Sunday because he's still uh, wearing that yellow non-contact jersey. So we'll have to wait a little bit longer. Maybe we might not see Isaiah Pacheco at all for preseason games, but it has been noted that he will for sure play that week one game, which is a little less than a month from now, 29 days away to be exact. Uh, at least on the live version. Some of you guys might be listening uh, on a Thursday, so it'll be 28 days by then. But nonetheless, Pacheco will be ready uh, for that week one game against the Detroit Lions. There was also another report that came out that Kadarius Tony will also be available and playing with the Chiefs for that week one game against Detroit. So some good news there. I forgot to mention that on the rundown. Uh, but yeah, some some good news with the Chiefs uh, with their injuries to Pacheco and Tony, two very key guys, two newcomers last year uh, that stepped up and made some big plays, especially in the Super Bowl. Uh, so good to see Pacheco and Tony expected to play in Thursday night's game against the Lions. 
in early September. All right, speaking of Kadarius Tony, might as well just go there right now and look at the receivers. Kadarius Tony, you have him as a one. So the Chiefs have three one uh, starting receivers listed on here because they no longer carry a fullback. Burton's moved on to the Denver Broncos. So the Chiefs no longer have a fullback here. I'll get into that in a moment um, because I, I do think that's very interesting. You look at the receivers right now. Your ones are Tony, MVS, and Sky Moore. Your twos are Richie James, Justin Watson, and Rasheed Rice. Obviously, Rasheed Rice was drafted in the second round uh, this past April. And then your threes. You got Justin Ross, Amir Smith-Marset, and Nico Remigio. Then behind those guys, you have Ty Freifogel. You've got Ty Scott, Cornell Powell, and also, uh, oh uh, no, that's it right there. For the uh, quarterbacks, um, I think I made an oh uh, Ty Scott, yeah, and uh, Kakao Crawford. Forgot about Kakao Crawford. Um, yeah, a little, little hard to read on the uh, depth chart here. Not as organized as I'd like for it to be, but you know, we'll 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 do with it. Um, yeah, those are your receivers right now. So I guess my immediate reaction to that is Justin Ross not in the top six. Is that anything to be worried about? Perhaps not. Keep in mind, this is the depth chart that was created on August the 8th. So nothing too crazy to to, to really make a big deal about. But Justin Ross, at, at the same time, is a guy that's received a lot of hype uh, so far in training camp. So I, I'm curious, the decision to have him, not even with the twos, but with the threes for the um, for the wide receiver depth chart there. Uh, listen, there are a lot of interesting names here. Tony, MVS, Sky Moore, Richie James, Rasheed Rice, Justin Watson, Justin Ross. I just named seven receivers right there. All seven of these guys have kind of have a really interesting backstory to where they are right now. Uh, some of these guys like Tony, Richie James, Justin Ross, they're coming in with a lot of hype, a lot of expectations that they will do well and do better. I mean, these are not household names per se. Kadarius Tony, okay, sort of. Uh, the expectation is he can be like a Tyree Kill if he stays healthy. Uh, I heard Pat McAfee was saying on his show that this is a guy that gets c- compared a lot to Kadarius Tony, or uh, excuse me, to Tyree Kill. Uh, but he's got to stay healthy in order to be able to get that comparison, that full on comparison there. Uh, Richie James did some good things with the Giants last year. Didn't even put up that big of a number, and he was still their main pass catcher last year uh, from the wide receiver uh, area. But what if he comes to a place like Kansas City where, you know, his speed suits this offense more? How would he do? How different would he be? Uh, So we might see that. Sky Moore, uh, you know, I, I think, again, his potential is interesting. We didn't see much of him because he was stuck in a situation where MVS and Juju were the starters last year. Um, and not just that, obviously, Travis Kelsey is your main pass catcher. So it was already hard for Sky Moore to get involved with the offense. But when he did get involved, he did some good things on the offensive side. Special teams, I know, not so good, but he did come through huge in that AFC championship game with a huge return that helped set up uh, an eventual field goal, uh, which also did contribute with Mahomes' big gutsy run right there, drawing that penalty flag as well, uh, which I know Bengals fans think was not Fairly called, but hey, Bengals fans are going to cry about a lot of things. Go figure. Um, yeah, so the wide receivers, you know, Justin Ross being a seven. So could the Chiefs carry seven receivers because they no longer have a fullback? Or would they rather have an extra lineman? Or would they rather have an extra tight end? Uh, I think now is a perfect segue to go to the tight ends where you have Travis Kelsey, no surprise, as your starting tight end. Noah Gray right behind him, Blake Bell right behind, and Jordy Fortson in there as well. And then you got a guy like Matt Bushman, who did very well in last year's preseason game, but unfortunately suffered a broken clavicle injury in that preseason finale, which he was playing so well against Green Bay. And that sidelined him for the entire season. You also have Kendall Blatton. Uh, Isaiah Gavings. I, I mean, those guys are, are kind of project guys. It might be an uphill battle for them, but you know, could the Chiefs go with four, maybe five tight ends because they don't have that fullback position? And one of those guys serve as a fullback. I can't remember his name. Um, uh, let me see if I can pull it up. The Chiefs' 2006 roster because the Chiefs had a fullback that year who went down with an injury. Uh, Chris Wilson, that's who it was. Chris Wilson 
got hurt that year. And I think the Chiefs, uh, they put a tight end. If I can, it wasn't Jason Dunn. Um, boy, they, they they put somebody back there in place of in place of Chris Wilson. Um, that year, uh, that was also the, the year Trent Green got hurt and Damon Hewitt played some games, uh, filling in uh, at that quarterback position. So. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't think of the, the, the tight end. Uh, I, I can't find his name on pro football reference, but I remember the chiefs used a tight end in that situation when they were, um, when they were in need of a fullback there. So, uh, very curious to see how that goes offensive line real quickly. Uh, no surprise with the starters, Smith, Tooney, Humphrey, uh, the other Smith, Trey Smith and Jawan Taylor, the backups, uh, just going to go left to right here. Prince, Tega, Wanangu. Mike Caliendo been around the block for a little bit. Nick Allegretti been around a little bit as well. Darian Kennard drafted last year. Lucas Niang, who did very well, I thought, as a rookie in 2021. Remember, he didn't play his actual rookie year in 2020. He opted out because some players, or not, I shouldn't say some players, players in general were given the option to opt out if they were not comfortable participating in football during the pandemic. So Lucas Niang did opt out that year. He did play in 2021, played very well. If you guys remember, that was a rookie offensive line from center, right guard to right tackle with Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, and Lucas Niang. But unfortunately, we never saw Lucas Niang uh, in the starting role for the Chiefs last year. And a lot of people wanted to see that happen. Um, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon with Jawan Taylor, but could a guy like Lucas Niang still play more? And listen, I'm wondering with Matt Nagy's creativity, could we see more of Lucas Niang where he does come in as um, as an extra offensive lineman to try to uh, help out the Chiefs in, in that area there? So we'll see what uh, they decide to do with that offensive line. Uh, and then you got some guys uh, behind Wanya Morris, who the Chiefs drafted this year, Sebastian Gutierrez, uh, Austin Ryder, been around for a little bit, J uh, Jerome uh, Carvin. Jason Godrock, Anderson Hardy at center, uh, or excuse me, at right guard. Uh, but some of these guys, you know, they're versatile and they can play uh, multiple uh, positions there. Uh, defensive line, uh, George Karloftis and Mike Dana are your defensive ends. Your defensive tackles, Chris Jones and Derek Nani. Yes, Chris Jones. Uh, this was a big shocker to Mike Florio, but Chris Jones is under contract. He's still with the team, so he is considered a starting defensive tackle. Uh, then uh, the backup defensive ends, Ominehu and Her Malik Herring. Then you got Daniel Wise and Danny Shelton as the backups. Danny Shelton, again, a guy that I'm very curious to see this preseason to see what he can do. He came in late last year for the Chiefs, didn't really get a chance. So this year he's got a full training camp, a full offseason, all that good stuff to try to uh, understand Spags' defense a little better and has an opportunity to prove himself. Uh, then with the threes, Joshua Kendo and Felix Anodike Uzama. So a surprise there. F.A. Hewitt, number three. Not a big surprise. George Karloftis was a backup. I think a two with the initial uh, unofficial depth chart last year this time. Uh, I remember Patrick Mahomes was, I think, like a third string quarterback in the first depth chart behind Tyler Bray. Remember Tyler Bray? Uh, did great at Tennessee, but hardly played in the NFL. The only game he played was the same game where Mahomes made his NFL debut against the Broncos, and he did not do well in that game. The Chiefs yanked him and put Mahomes back on the field because the Broncos tied the game, and obviously Mahomes did his thing where he led the Chiefs to a game-winning drive there. But anyway, uh, so FAU being a number three on the depth chart, not anything I'm sweating about, uh, nothing to make a big deal about. Tershawn Wharton to be a number four defensive tackle on the depth chart, that was a surprise to me. I know he was a little inactive with his injury, so he just kind of got back into the swing of things. Maybe they uh, put him there, and eventually he builds his way up on the depth chart uh, as he uh, gets more reps and uh, plays in the preseason games, perhaps. Truman Jones and B.J. Thompson, your rookie defensive ends as the number four. Matt Dickerson, by the way, the other uh, defensive tackle there. Chris Williams, also part of that defensive tackle depth chart as well. Linebackers, obviously a big strength of yours right now with Willie Gay, Nick Bolton, and Leo Chanel, and obviously right behind them, Drew Tranquil, who was one of the best pass coverage linebackers in the NFL last year while playing with the Chargers. Now coming over to Kansas City, we'll see what he does. The other backup linebackers, at least with the twos, Jack Cochrane 
and Cole Christensen, and you also have Cam Jones, who is part of that uh, that linebacking corp as well. Quarterbacks, uh, mentioned McDuffie and Snead behind those two, Josh Williams and Jalen Watson. No surprise there. You got a lot of young uh, guys here. You got Boy Doe, Nick Jones, uh, Haliassi, I believe is how you say his name, and you also got DiCaprio Boodle. Uh, those guys are your cornerbacks. Uh, you also have Lamar Jackson, Reese Taylor, Anthony Witherstone. You have one, two, three, four, five, six rookies and three second-year players. Legereus need really the only veteran on this uh, on this cornerback group here. And this is not a very old guy either. This guy was drafted in 2020. So a lot of youth at that cornerback position. Uh, but some good youth there. We saw McDuffie do some good things in coverage. Statistically, did not thrive. Williams and Watson did very well last year, especially in that AFC Championship game against Joe Burrow. I know a lot of Bengals fans love to use the excuse that Joe Burrow was missing three offensive linemen, but the two interceptions that Burrow threw had nothing to do with uh, off bad offensive line play or a pass rush. Those were just two bad throws and two great adjustments made. Uh, well, first of all, the, the Jalen Watson was the one who made that big adjustment uh, with that pick. And then uh, the two rookies last year, now they're sec uh, second year guys, Brian Cook, he tipped the pass to Josh Williams, who came away with the pick. Uh, so that was cool to see last year. Speaking of Brian Cook, you look at the safeties. Justin Reed and Brian Cook are your safeties. Obviously, Cook filling in for Juan Thornhill, who's moved on to the Cleveland Browns. You got Mike Edwards, who came in in the offseason. Uh, Shamari Connor, who the Chiefs got uh, in the draft this offseason. Deion Bush, who came in last year as a free agent from Chicago. Anthony Cook, also. You got, also got Isaiah Norman. Uh, a rookie in that uh, uh, safety backfield, so uh, some some interesting names in that uh, in that uh, depth chart as well with uh, safety. Uh, a lot of lot of young guys, a lot of young guys. Uh, you, you know, guys like Justin Reed, Legarius Need, uh, Dion Bush. These are going to be some of your uh, key leaders here uh, when it comes to just the veteran presence. And then you got a lot of young guys with some great talent, like like Jalen Watson. You know, he's come through in the cl clutch a couple of times. Josh Williams as well. Uh, what if Trent McDuffie steps up and has a season that a lot of people hope that he would have had last year as a rookie if he stays healthy? That'll be good to see uh, from uh, from Trent McDuffie for sure. All right, the last position group, the uh, specialist. Okay, punter Tommy Townsend, kicker Butker. Uh, Townsend also serving as a holder. James Winchester, your long snapper. No surprise there. Uh I guess, I mean, I don't know if this was a surprise per se, but I also don't know if there was like a clear-cut favorite uh, for the return specialists. So the Chiefs have uh, some, some guys here they're experimenting with. Uh, let me just say, guys that are not on this uh, return specialist depth chart, like Justin Ross, he's been returning some uh, punts and kickoffs. Sky Moore has been involved with that. So has Kadarius Tony. In fact, I think Tony tweaked his knee uh, on a return uh, in, in day one of practice, I believe, if I'm not mistaken there. Uh, but in terms of the guys that are on the depth chart, you got for punt returner, you got Richie James. Behind Richie James for the punt return spot is Amir Smith-Marset and then Nico Remigio. Uh, for kick returner, you got Daneric Prince, the rookie. I mentioned him earlier with the running backs. He's number four on the running back's depth chart. Um he could maybe do some things at both running back and as a kick returner in these preseason games, and that might be enough to get him on the 53-man roster. So we'll see what he does with Dave Tobe's uh, unit here. I know the past couple of years, special teams has not been consistent, but in general, Dave Tobe's return guys have done very, very well since he's been with the Chiefs in 2013. Uh, Richie James right behind Prince as a kick returner. So Richie James listed as the number one punt returner and the number two kick returner. And Amir Smith-Marset is the number three kick returner uh, and also listed as the number two punt returner. So some interesting names there. Daneric Prince only handling kick return duties for now, or at least on the depth chart. And Nico Remigio, not on the kick return depth chart, but on the punt return side of things. So uh, that is your depth chart for the Chiefs. So some interesting things to go around there with the whole um, the whole uh, return specialist there. Listen, obviously we talk more about offense and defense. I know 
you know, so many people, when they think of Chiefs history with some of the notable return specialists, guys like Tamarick Vanover, Dante Hall, Tyreek Hill, um, I would even say Niall Davis. I would even say, um, boy, who's the quarterback the Chiefs drafted uh, a few years ago? His name escapes my mind right now. I think Tremont Smith, who didn't have a kick return touchdown as a Chief, but he did have two very solid big returns that helped the Chiefs offense a couple of times. Um, the Chiefs just, you know, you look at um, the kick returners right now and the punt return, you don't have that big clear-cut guy. Maybe Kadarius Tony is that guy. I don't know. Uh, right now, Kadarius Tony is not available. So we'll see. Um, we'll see uh, what happens uh, with, with that uh, when KT returns. Because I would be very curious to know if uh, KT is uh, is going to participate in um, in uh, kick return duties this year. All right. See you guys in the uh, comments. I'll get to those very shortly. Um, so bear with me here. A couple of the things that I do want to get out of the way. So the, uh, Chris Jones update. Adam Teicher of ESPN. Uh, by the way, I had a very odd comment he made about Andy Reid. Um, he was on Sports Radio 810, and I guess the topic of Andy Reid's grandkids crashing his press conference came up. And Adam Teicher said that, you know, those were Garrett Reid's kids, and Garrett Reid is on staff. Uh, folks, Garrett Reid unfortunately died of a drug overdose in 2012. Garrett Reid was never a member of the Chiefs coaching staff, that was Britt Reid. But as someone who covers the team for as long as Tysher has, you got to know that kind of thing. So I just had to get that out there. I just thought that was completely unprofessional. And, and just, on, I mean, I don't think he did it intentionally, but still, you got to be way better than that. I mean, that's, we're talking, I mean, Garrett Reed, unfortunately, again, died of a drug overdose. So that was just weird for uh, Tysher to get that wrong. But Tysher did have a little bit of an update in an ESPN article with Chris Jones quoting Brett Veach, the general manager of the team, essentially saying, hey, look, it'll get done when it gets done, but we're very optimistic he'll stay. And uh, Veach made a point that he wants Chris Jones to retire with Chief. Meanwhile, uh, Chris Jones, uh, you know, he had that Instagram story where he's quoting a Kevin Yates song, and it's um, the, the lyrics were, all good things must come to an end. And then he also liked a tweet that talked about how if the Chiefs need to pick and choose, it might be a better idea to prioritize interior offensive linemen, guys like Kareem Humphrey and Trey Smith, uh, because protecting the franchise quarterback holds more weight than a defensive tackle. Oh, by the way, that tweet was mine. Yeah. Uh, so um, that's uh, that's nice, I guess. Uh, so Chris Jones liked my tweet. Uh a lot of people kind of make, made a big deal about that. I, I was not expecting that to uh, to happen, but nonetheless, it is um, it is out there. Let me see if I can pull it up here on the uh, on the screen share. Here, let me get that on there. Here we go. Yeah. So if you go to Chris Jones' Twitter account and you click on the likes, yeah, you see my tweet right there from five days, six days ago now. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, <laughs> why would you like that? Um, one of two reasons. Uh, when he does resign, he's probably going to dunk on me, and I'm here for it. The other reason, I guess when, if he gets traded, which people are not dismissing at this point, I guess people are going to blame me for uh, for a potential trade. I don't know. Uh, but nonetheless, um, he chose to, uh, he's been very, it's been very interesting just seeing his activity on Twitter and Instagram lately. Like he knows that, you know, he'll tweet things like wakey, wakey and people go crazy. Like, Oh my God, he signed or something happened. So people are not quite sure how to handle Chris Jones, social media activity recently. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, here he is doing all these things and, um, trying to, do these uh, the whole cryptic thing? I've even seen some people compare him to Tyron Matthew and some of the things that he was doing uh, on social media that people did not approve of. So uh, I'm trying to pull up the training camp schedule here. So the final the final practice in St. Joe is next Thursday, August the seventeenth. 
Uh, okay, here is my uh, rule of thumb here. The Chiefs wrap up the St. Joe portion of training camp that next Thursday, the 17th. I, will, I want to say 48 hours, but I'll give it 72 hours. If we don't see Chris Jones Friday, Saturday, nor Sunday after the St. Joe portion, and again, I don't have the Chiefs schedule in front of me what their Week 2 preseason game is, but if Chris Jones is not with the Chiefs um, after that uh, whole deal, so let me just pull up the schedule quickly. So again... The 17th is when they wrap things up. The 18th, that's a Friday. The 19th is a Saturday. They'll go visit the Arizona Cardinals. And then the 20th, they'll uh, obviously be back. If Chris Jones is not with the team by the 21st, which is a Monday, I will hit the panic button. I'll say, okay, the St. Joe portion is over. Where the hell is Chris Jones? Why the hell is he not in camp? The, uh, so my uh, my magic date right there is the 21st. We are less than two weeks away from August the 21st. If Chris Jones is not with the Chiefs then, that is my hit the panic button date right there. The 21st. I don't know. You guys, you guys tell me. I, I I thought they would get a deal done by now, and I thought it would also lead to getting DeAndre Hopkins. So far, neither have happened. And we keep being told that the Chiefs are optimistic. The Chiefs are optimistic. The Chiefs are optimistic. Okay, well, we heard that all summer long that it, they they would get it done beforehand. Not uh no, has not happened yet. So uh, we're still uh, waiting to see. Uh, what the Chiefs are going to do there and uh, when uh, when we could see a deal get done. All right. A uh, couple other things I want to get into here uh, before I get into your guys' comments. Uh, an update on our good friend Chiefsaholic. Look at this. So this is from Jonathan Cooper. Fun fact, Jonathan Cooper, a uh, college classmate of mine. So good to see him uh, doing some good things out there in the journalism world. Uh, breaking from Jonathan Cooper, uh, federal prosecutors have requested new evidence be added in the case of Xavier Babudar, a.k.a. Chiefsaholic. The evidence includes a surveillance photo of a bank robbery in El Dorado Hills, California on July the 3rd and a surveillance photo of a bank robbery in Nevada on June 8th. Folks, this guy took off his ankle monitor and bolted out of Oklahoma in, I believe, March. And after March, he went and robbed more banks. This is a guy who already collected hundreds of thousands of dollars from various cities robbing banks. Allegedly, I guess. we got to use that word. And after, you know, getting arrested, getting caught, uh, and, and taking off his ankle monitor and running away, he went and robbed at least two more banks, allegedly. I'm impressed, man. I, I I don't I don't understand that. Like, dude, this is this is like Grand Theft Auto Five shot shit. What what are you doing, man? Um, boy, uh, the story is just too good to be true. Oh my god, um. I'll give it to this guy, man. There is no quit in this kid. Uh, there really isn't. Um, I look, listen. I'm not trying to be funny about this, but and listen, I I know the bank teller in Oklahoma. The story came out about her and how she essentially has PTSD from that whole thing. But I'm sorry, like this is just funny at this point. How how is it you are you you you're you're coming you're, you're pulling this off nonstop like how this, again this is like from a video video game from from Grand Theft Auto 5 I don't get it I really don't get it but this guy's got no quit in him uh I'm impressed I am I'm impressed man good on good on Chiefsaholic uh, okay, uh, we got to get into this real quickly. So this is getting a lot of topic, a lot of conversation, I should say, on the Facebook page. Eric Bieniemy, obviously the former offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, was the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs for five years. The entire time Mahomes was a starting quarterback for the Chiefs. 
Uh, obviously, this is Mahomes' sixth year as a starting quarterback. Uh, his first uh, with a different offensive coordinator. Mahomes, was, his rookie year, uh, obviously only started one game. Matt Nagy was the OC there, but obviously Mahomes was not the, the primary QB that year. That was Alex Smith. So this is Patrick Mahomes' first time working with a different offensive coordinator as a primary starter. Uh, obviously, Eric Bieniemy left Kansas City because he pretty much had to prove himself elsewhere because everyone else is too afraid to hire him because they feel like he is basically benefiting from Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes dominating that offense. Okay, well, he's in Washington now. Ron Rivera handpicked him. He's got full control of the offense now. Lo and behold, the uh, word got out that Washington Commanders players are complaining too. Ron Rivera, the head coach, about Eric Bieniemy and more specifically his intensity. Uh, by the way, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the, the the clown on FS1, former running back, uh, LaShawn McCoy. Uh, you know he had a field day with this. He did the whole "I told you so" and talked about cursing and all this bullshit uh, and all this other thing here. Um, listen, let me just say something here because this kind of irritates me. It really does. So commanders players are upset about what? That this guy, Eric Bieniemy, is yelling at them, cursing at them. <laughs> uh boo fucking who? Cry me a goddamn river. Uh, who gives a fuck? Okay? You want to sit here and act like as a player you've never cursed before or anything else? Really? You want to sit here and play that game? And by the way, let's just say something about professional athletes. Listen, I'm not trying to paint a terrible picture and say all professional athletes are bad. Uh, some of them have grown up and matured over the years, but aren't these guys, weren't these guys the jocks in, uh, in high school? Weren't these the guys that picked on the nerds at high school? I mean, maybe they didn't physically beat them up or anything, but at least picked on them or laughed at them or mocked them. Now you're upset because Eric Bieniemy is cursing you out? Cry me a river. Who cares? You're getting cursed out. Oh, my God. You know, for, for, for professional athletes who cry so much about fans having opinions online, well, I'm going to quote Willie Gay on this one. By the way, Willie Gay Jr. went on his Instagram, and he called the Commanders players, quote, soft asses. Yes, soft asses. Um. Listen, I'm not here to, you know, oh, these poor football players in Washington who have never won jack shit before. Man, Eric Bieniemy was hired by one of the best head coaches in NFL history and was eventually promoted to being an offensive coordinator. coordinator. Um, now, was he the play caller? Probably not. Again, we don't really know who called the plays or who didn't. Um, we've seen the enemy talk during games, like, like in between snaps, they'll show coordinators on the sidelines or they'll show the, um, the quarterback that's sitting on the bench, uh, waiting for his turn to come back on the field. Uh, the enemy, sometimes you would see him on camera and you would see him, uh, saying something. I don't think he's just chit chatting on there. He's. Got to be calling something. So who knows how much of the play calling duties were from Biennemi, how much came from Reed. I will say this. My biggest pet peeve with this whole Eric Biennemi thing is that whenever things were clicking, whenever things were working as great as they did on offense, who got credit for that? It was Andy Reed. It was Patrick Mahomes. It was Travis Kelsey. It was Tyreek Hill up until he was traded. Those are the guys that everybody talked about when things were working on offense. But last year, for example, last year uh, when the Chiefs lost to the Colts in a very low-scoring game, a very surprising offensive output or lack thereof from the Chiefs offense, so many people blamed Eric Bieniemy for that game. A lot of people pointed the finger because people don't want to point the finger at fan favorites like Andy Reid, uh, 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 Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, no one wanted to blame them, even though Kelsey dropped a pass wide open in the end zone at one point. So how does this work? Because from what I've seen on Twitter from Chiefs fans, and I think Chiefs fans need to own up to this, 
whenever things worked, those fan favorites got all the, the, the shine and the love. Whenever things didn't work, Eric Bieniemy got the blame. And only Eric Bieniemy. People did not want to blame Patrick Mahomes. People did not want to blame Travis Kelsey. And listen, I'm not saying turn your back on those guys, but I think in all fairness, you know, it's almost like that whole thing where, um, you know, you, you, you take credit for things and then you don't when they don't work. I'm not saying Mahomes is like that. Mahomes is always taking blame whenever things go wrong publicly. And then when things work, he praises anybody and everybody around him. Um, so, you know, I, I've just never understood this whole Eric Bieniemy criticism, I guess, that the, the way Eric Bieniemy is viewed, I just don't get it sometimes. Listen, me personally, I wanted him to, to go elsewhere to prove himself, not because I hated him and wanted him to go. I, I wish he was still here, but for the sake of his own like personal goals, this is what he had to do. And now here we are. Soft commanders players are worked up because he cursed at him. Oh my God. What do you want me to do? Do you, you want me to take off the chin strap and the pads on your helmet, take off the helmet and, and pat you on the back? Say, oh, it's okay. I mean, listen, I, I'd be very curious to talk to Jason Dunn about this when he comes on the podcast next week because he went from Dick Vermeil to Andy, or not Andy Reid. He went from Dick Vermeil to Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards is very well known to be more soft-spoken and nurturing. Whereas Dick Vermeil, and maybe not compared to Eric Bieniemy per se, but at least he's more intense. I remember when Eric Bieniemy was promoted to being the offensive coordinator in Kansas City. Uh, I remember BJ Kissel at the time, he wrote an article for the Chiefs website talking about some things to know about Eric Bieniemy, And one of the things he noted was that he's a very passionate guy. Uh, pr pretty much noting that uh, he uh, he's a shouter. And I was like, okay, I mean, so what? Like, a lot of football coaches shout at the high school level, at the, even at the middle school level, man. Uh, I remember playing, I, I didn't play sports in high school, but I played uh, before high school. And, you know, I, I may have been on the receiving ends of uh, some colorful uh, commentary there. And, you know, it just made, as soon as my coach uh, said something to me, I was like, whoa, I, I, I need to get the stigma off me. I don't want my coach thinking that way about me. Um, and quite honestly, you know, my parents were aware that he said that I told them after the fact and they're like, yeah, well, you got to step it up. I don't think they love the comment per se, but you know, there's a reason why they're my parents and there's a reason why my coach was my coach. So I'm not so sure, you know, what do you expect a coach to do? By the way, um, the day after when, um, when the chiefs visited the white house, the day after when everyone went back to normal work, the Chiefs went back to do their thing. Eric Bieniemy went back to uh, his team. Obviously, this was not a very long trip for Bieniemy because it's in the area of Washington D.C. Uh, I, I, by the way, the, the White House visit has nothing to do with this. This is just the way I remember it. The day after the White House visit, a Commanders reporter, someone in the Washington media, put out a tweet or an X, whatever you want to call this now, um, put out a, a, a post that Eric Bieniemy. Uh, lashed out at one of the players, dropped an F-bomb. I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but he basically, you know, let a player know that he he dropped the ball. Um, and Chiefs fans just had fun with that. They're like, yep, that's EB. That's the EB we know. Um, uh, Tyreek Hill shared an interesting story. Do you guys remember that Sunday night football game against the Bills that, uh, that they extended halftime because of the uh, lightning delay? Um which Buffalo just destroyed Kansas City in that game. Tyreek Hill shared a story on his podcast last offseason about how Eric Bieniemy, that entire week of practice, just lashed out at the entire offense, pretty much saying, hey, you let these guys kick your ass in your own home. It's like, man, I love that about a coach. That's what I want. You know, I don't want a coach that is so soft-spoken and just basically says everything's okay and it's going to be figured out. No, you know, there's a reason why the Chiefs won five, or excuse me, went to five AFC championship games, won two Super Bowls. Um, Eric Bieniemy is a part of that. I know he's not the first reason nor the second or third reason as to why they do it. People point at Andy Reid, Mahomes, uh, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill for all that success the Chiefs have had the past five years, but Bieniemy is a big part of that too. Um, he may have not been the primary play caller, but this is somebody that would go out there and coach you up because he gave a damn. He's taking over a Washington team. And listen, I know Washington beat the Eagles last year, um, the team that came close to winning the Super Bowl. But 
you know, you, you finish below 500, you miss the playoffs. You got some things to work on, man. You really do. So good for, good for Eric Bieniemy for pissing off these players, I guess, because that'll send the message that, Hey, perhaps you got to wake up and step it up there. That's why Ron Rivera handpicked Eric Bieniemy. It's funny. Ron Rivera kind of, he didn't come to Eric Bieniemy's defense when he was asked about this in a press conference, but then in an, another press conference, he kind of backtracked and said, yeah, listen, this whole thing was blown out of proportion. So, uh, who knows? I mean, a lot of people, a lot of Chiefs fans were upset that, um, that Rivera did not come to Bieniemy's defense the first time, did a better job of that the second time, so to say. I mean, listen, R- Rivera's the same guy who lashed out at the media after uh, one of the games in a post-game press conference about the criticism surrounding Carson Wentz. I mean, if you're going to defend Carson Wentz, you sure as hell better be ready to defend Eric Bieniemy. Listen, man, I-, I don't have a second favorite team. But if there is a team, like, like if the Chiefs cannot win the Super Bowl this year, I want it to be Washington so bad. I really want Eric Bieniemy to hold two middle fingers up to all of the 31 other NFL teams that refused to hire him as a head coach over the years. Obviously, some teams did not need a head coach, but you get the idea. And just say, look, you missed out. Um, and man, I think he can be a good head coach one day. He deserved that chance. He doesn't deserve to be getting the uh, the cold shoulder like he has uh, for the past five years. I just think it's stupid. All right, before we get into your guys' comments, just want to let you guys know we have another sponsor here, Manscaped. They're uh, a proud sponsor of the Chiefs Zone podcast. If you go over to Manscaped, they got so many great products on there. Go to manscaped.com. Check out their lineup of, of products there. My favorite is the Lawnmower 4.0. Hey, listen, gentlemen, we all have to do the below the belt shaving, the below the belt grooming, and we've used some other products before out there, not named Manscaped, that uh, have created some some accidental cuts. Those have happened, but with the Lawnmower 4.0 from Manscaped, they've got this really cool thing called Skin Safe Technology. It prevents below the waist cuts. In fact, ever since I've used it, never had one accidental cut, not once. So this is a really cool thing to use. Their skin safe technology might be, in my opinion, top five best invention ever this planet has ever seen. Now, that's not the only thing they have. They've got the weed whacker. They've got so many great products. And I'll tell you this right now, Manscaped products in general uh, are, 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 are a bit pricey. So go to manscaped.com, get yourself the lawnmower 4.0, the weed whacker, whatever interests you over at Manscaped's website. But before you pay, use the promo code FARZINE20 because you will get 20% off and free shipping. Yes, that is 20% off and free shipping. You cannot beat that. 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code FARZINE20 at manscaped.com. Go to manscaped.com, use the promo code FARZINE20 for 20% off and free shipping. Hashtag shave your balls. All right. As promised, let's get to your guys' comments here. Uh, let's start with Blake hitting leadoff. I can't lie. I was concerned when they signed Juwan Taylor, uh, and we thought he was going to be our left tackle. I was saying from the moment he was signed, I said, look, there's nothing wrong with paying a right tackle. So I'm glad, Blake, yeah, uh, I'm glad he is um, He is uh, going to be playing right tackle. I'm just not a big fan of moving guys around and giving them their a position they're not familiar with. I know Orlando Brown dealt with that, but he's going to stay at a left tackle in Cincinnati. Bengals fans think he's Orlando Pace. So good luck with that. Brad says, my guy Anderson Hardy is the fourth center from Appalachian State. Hopefully he doesn't get cut. Yeah, well, he's got a bit of an uphill battle if we're being honest about that, Brad. But hey, that's cool. You know somebody on the team. Justin says, everything I've heard is that Jawan Taylor is better than Andrew Wiley. Andy has always loved having a top right tackle. We'll be okay there. Yeah, look, um, I don't think it's, uh, you know, let's remember something. Orlando Brown Jr., your left tackle from last year, and Andrew Wiley, your right tackle from last year, those two guys gave up more pressures than anybody else in the NFL at the uh, left tackle and right tackle spots, right? So 
it's not too much of an upgrade, but still, you know, I, I would at, at this point put a rotten tomato uh, instead of Andrew Wiley or Orlando Brown Jr. at this point. So uh, I do have some expectations, though, from Jawan Taylor. Uh, as well as from Donovan Smith. I think they're going to be better offensive tackles. I think it's going to give Mahomes a lot more more time to work in the pocket. And let's keep something in mind. Mahomes had his best year last year without Tyreek Hill and with two terrible offensive tackles. Not only did he win the Super Bowl, he damn near won the MVP unanimously. The one vote was just thrown in Buffalo's way because the voter just wanted to praise the Buffalo Bills uh, medical team, which, okay, all right, that's your vote. and Do whatever you want with it. Um, so, so he pretty much won it close to unanimously. Um, again, without Tyree kill and with two terrible offensive tackles, uh, Justin also says strength of this defense is linebacker, arguably the best and most athletic. And we have had in a long time. Yeah, I would agree with this. I, I, I would say offensive line specifically interior offensive line first, then linebacker. But you know, I can, I can see a case for a linebacker, Justin, um, they can cover up bad defensive line play too by flying and filling gaps. Yeah. And I'm excited for Drew Tranquil, his coverage abilities too. Uh, why aren't we hearing more from Felix Anaduke Uzama in training camp? Dan's asking. Yeah, this is a really good question here. Um, I don't think it's anything to lose sleep over or panic about Dan. Uh, keep in mind this. I, I said this uh, earlier in the podcast. So, um, George Karloftis was not a starter on the uh, depth chart early on, and we didn't hear much about George Karloftis last year in camp. Um, it is very common for rookies to not be part of the number ones, at least with Andy Reid's training camps. Um, that's just kind of way the, the 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 way it's been. So uh, I I would at the very least bet that by the by the, th- the time the Chiefs play the Lions, FAU is. Is going to be a number two behind Dana, maybe. Might even be a starter. Who knows? But he'll 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 move up at the depth chart. There's no way he doesn't. Uh, I would be concerned if he doesn't, though. But I don't think that'll be the case. Uh, Blake is interested in seeing Daenerys Prince in the preseason. Yeah, uh, as a running back and as a as a returner too. Uh, you know those multiple duties. Uh, curious to see how that goes. Uh, all right. Did you hear? Oh yeah. <laughs> Did you hear about Bashad Breeland? I heard he made bail and immediately sent a multi-year deal with the Raiders. Yeah. So for those who don't know, Bashad Breeland got into some trouble this week. Uh, boy. Uh, can I, uh, Let me pull up the details because I don't want to misquote anything here. It's quite the story here. Uh, arrested earlier this week, charged with driving a stolen car, possession of stolen firearms, and... Possession of marijuana. So, I, I mean, weren't you a former NFL player? You got some money in the bank. What are you doing robbing things from people? Come on, man. <sighs> I don't get it. Uh, Dan says all these wide receivers have so much to fight for. It's anyone's game at this point. Yeah, like the wide receiver position, not a, a big strength. There's a lot of potential there and a lot of interesting names there. Um, I'm very eager to see the final 53 men roster and specifically how, um, how that all goes. Did you see all the clip of our offensive coordinator drilling the uprights two to three? T- yes, I did see that with, uh, with Matt Nagy. You know, they're, they're just having some fun in camp, which is good to see. Uh, you got, you got to let loose and enjoy camp a little bit, have some fun. Uh, with all the intensity, the heat in the Midwest, all that stuff. Uh, yeah, we talked about this a little bit, Robert. Uh, oh, boy. I love spammers. I love spammers. Okay. Uh, no, uh, Mike Cox replaced Chris Wilson, I think, a year or two later, Brad. Um, let me see. I think somebody commented on this uh, a little later on. Yes, Ronnie Cruz. That's who I was thinking of, Brad. Thank you. Ronnie Cruz was the guy who uh, filled in for Chris Wilson. Um, No. Oh, no. I got this completely mixed up. Okay. So on PFR, it shows who played the most uh, snaps at fullback. That was Chris Wilson. Okay. I I remember this all wrong now. Uh, Now I got it. So Ronnie Cruz was the starting fullback at the beginning of the 2006 season. He got hurt in that Steelers game. Remember that Steelers game? The same game Larry Johnson pulled um, Troy Polamalu's hair, (laughs) which was like the only Chiefs highlight of that game. Uh, But anyway, Ronnie Cruz got injured in that game. And then Chris Wilson came in 
and he was the fullback for the remainder of the year. He was like the third string tight end for the Chiefs. Okay, thank you, Brad. I um, That is what I was thinking of. That is what I was thinking of. Justin says trade 95. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, interesting. Uh, I get Andy has always liked to have a veteran backup QB. However, Bichelles look good. Um, yeah, yeah, listen, I don't go too crazy for, uh, training camp highlights. Uh, it's just training camp. Um, I was at training camp on Saturday and it's just to me, you know, there's only so much you can really go off of. Yeah, it's cool to see guys score touchdowns. People cheer because they're close to the area where they're, uh, they're seeing the touchdown play happen. But man, ultimately it's just, you can't really, you can't put too much stock in these kinds of things. You just can't. Uh, Chris Jones is a beast. There's no doubt about it, but let's not forget last season was the first time he actually showed up in the playoffs. Okay. A lot of people are saying this and I just don't think this is a fair criticism for Chris Jones. Yes. Last year was the first time he had a, a playoff sack. Um, but man, he's gotten in there and done some things like he's disrupted the pocket. The Super Bowl 54. If Chris Jones is not there, the chiefs don't come back and win that game. They just don't. They don't. Um, the AFC Championship loss to the Bengals, like he got to Burrow, put his arms around him. He just could not bring him down. He twice let him go, which just sucked because, man, it's just of all guys. Um, and you know Chris was beating himself up for that too. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, I think those were bro- both third down plays. Uh, it's, it's been more than a year. Forgive me, but I would have to go back and look. Not that I want to. Uh, make that nine robberies. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, I heard Lance Zerloin say something similar, Brad, that he is kind of a more old school, uh, tougher coach here. And that he's, um, I mean, that's just his style. Unfortunately, as soon as he caught us, his first felony, he instantly became a Raiders fan. Oh boy. Um, they train with LeBron. Dudes are soft. Reminds me, uh, lo- remind me the last time the Commanders made the um, went deep in the playoffs. Yeah, no, that's a good point, Dan. I really wish they had a chance with Alex Smith that year, but unfortunately, he just got hurt. Uh, Justin says, "Give me Creed, Trey, and Bolton over ninety-five. He's not worth losing over those three. You know, it's so hard because Chris Jones is such a rare guy at that spot, but." I agree, man. I you you, you got to pick and choose, and, and, and when I say that, some people are offended. They're like, "Oh, so you don't think he's worth anything?" No, I think he's worth what he wants. It's just Kansas City can't pay everybody. They've drafted so well. I, I guess it's their own fault for drafting so well for so many years. <laughs> They're pissed because EB's talking about the playoffs and they've already scheduled their vacations. Yeah, possibly. Uh, yeah, he was basically an offensive game manager, Brad. Yeah, that's kind of a good point. Don't forget about LeJarius Need as well. I'd much rather be able to resign him. Yeah, he's another guy that, you know, he kind of, where does he fall into things whenever, uh, when and if a Chris Jones deal gets done? Some of you guys are talking about the whole Redskins and Commanders thing. Uh, not too interested in that. A couple more comments I'll read and I'll get out of here. Unfortunately, even if Washington won the Super Bowl, people would credit Ron Rivera and find any reason it wasn't because yeah, I, I hope not, man. That guy, I don't, I don't know why people don't want to give credit to EB. Makes no sense. I guess because he's a play caller now. You mean you would have to? Um, Justin raises an interesting point. Nick Sirianni never called plays for the Colts. Um, Last year, you had some guys get head coaching jobs that weren't play callers. Mike McDaniel for the Dolphins coming from San Francisco. Um, the, the head coach for the Broncos, Nathaniel Hackett, last year. Um, listen, I know it didn't work out, but he still got a head coaching job, not being the play call. There were a lot of non-play callers that got head coaching jobs last offseason. Why not EB? Oh, 100%, Blake. Yeah, Buffalo's best shot is... I mean, Listen, I think they're still a top-tier team, but <sighs> come on, man. Um, you got to eliminate those turnovers. It's just Cincinnati's better than you. Kansas City's better than you. It's just, no. 
yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I don't understand pro athletes that get involved in these kinds of things, but unfortunately, those things do happen, Justin. All right. I'm going to get out of here real quickly before I sign off. Reminder, Jason Dunn podcast, Monday, 8 o'clock Central. Before that, we do have some other things to address. So Sunday, obviously, we have a Chiefs game. I will do a pregame live stream Sunday. At halftime, I will do a live stream Sunday. They will be only on Facebook. The postgame live stream is going to be different, though. We will do a postgame live stream on Facebook and on YouTube. The postgame live stream will also serve as a postgame show for the podcast. So we will have podcasts back-to-back days, Sunday and Monday. So uh, be ready for that. I'm very excited to get into that. We're going to start doing our uh, our game day live streams. Have not done that in quite some time. Last time was Super Bowl 57. So, uh, yeah, uh, we're very excited to uh, bring that back. Looking forward to talking to all of you. Uh, I'm going to use StreamYard, so I'd like for you guys to call in. I'm going to do it differently. Obviously, we're going to be doing some testing in the preseason, see what works, what doesn't work, so we'll see uh, what happens on um, on that. Uh, hopefully, you guys can be a part of that. I would love for you guys to call in to the post-game show. That is a big part of the post-game live stream, so uh, make sure you guys uh, join me in that for uh, Sunday uh, after the game. All right, with that said, my name is Farzim Vasugan. Thank you for downloading this episode of The Chief Zone. If you guys haven't done so already, please go to SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code Farzine for $20 off and go to Manscaped.com. Use the promo code Farzine20, 20% off and free shipping at checkout at Manscaped.com. Appreciate you guys once again downloading the episode or watching live or both. My name is Farzine. Talk to you guys later. Take care. <laughs>